G'day punters and welcome to Winning Post's preview podcast for the weekend of Saturday, July 15. I'm John Barker, joining me as usual, Carl DiOrio and Joel Marshall. Well, Carl, there's a few two-year-old features around the country this Saturday and what is a fairly quiet weekend for black type. One of them is the Biley Handicap. This uh, was discontinued back in 1992, ironically enough, just after Sub-Zero had won it and then uh, went on to win the... Um, went on to win the SA Derby in the Melbourne Cup the following year. Um, but brought back in 2017. And look, as you'd expect from uh, two-year-olds going around over 1,800 metres in July, not too many of them have uh, come back and really taken advantage of the free ticket into the Victoria Derby or Oaks that the winner uh, is entitled to. But one of them that did, of course, was uh, Johnny Get Angry. He came back, uh, oh, except, sorry, he didn't win the bile. He ran second in the bile. Came back, ran in the derby, won the derby as a maiden, never won again. Uh, looking at this week's Biley field, can you see any future heroics there? Well, it's certainly interesting, Barks. Uh, good to be with you. It's it's certainly interesting. We have a couple of first starters and there are some horses having just their second start. I think half the field is uh, either on debut or having their second start. So it's uh, it, it's uh, it's just interesting how the trainers are now attacking and thinking about the Biley. Um, perhaps in, in years gone by, there wasn't a necessity for it, hence hence why it dropped off the calendar for 25 years. But with more uh, staying bred uh, stallions and uh, more of an appetite there to qualify early for the uh, the classics the following season, I think it's assembled a, a, an interesting lineup, and uh, and and I think it's it's encouraging that Flemington, with the obviously the home of the Melbourne Cup, is, is trying to promote these days, and and you've got the also the uh, 2800 meter Flemington Cup on the undercard as well, um, and it, it does come at the point in time, I suppose, where the Melbourne Cup is is one of only two races in town held over two miles. The other one being the Sandown Cup, which Sparks and Let's Believe may not be programmed this spring. Uh, no, I believe it's going to be run in the autumn sometime, uh, either perhaps on uh, All Star Mile Day, where it might get. Um, uh, where it might get uh, some of the Adelaide Cup horses, I guess, or perhaps uh, later in the spring um, around about the same time as the Andrew Ramsden. Um, Joel, uh, although the only uh, – the Biley, of course, is not a black-type race, there is a black-type race over in Adelaide for the two-year-olds on Saturday, but perhaps the uh, two-year-old who is going to be um, the focus of most attention – uh, might be in the first race at Flemington, where Illative steps out for the first time. Very well related, has won jump outs uh, in fairly facile fashion. Uh, have you, like me, fallen into Illative in the first at Flemington? Uh, yeah, good day, Bucks. Yeah, I, I have put her on top. She's you know, sort of been waiting for a while for her. A lot of people, she's sort of stepped out and a while ago and been tipped out now come back and yeah she certainly looks pretty smart i think there's a bit of depth to that uh, two-year-old race on saturday so it's certainly not going to be a you know a, a gimme she's opened up short enough but there's uh, yeah there's some decent form amongst those that we've already seen um so she is going to need to be pretty good um so yeah i think she'll be competitive but yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't recommend sort of launching into her at that current price that's for sure all right well uh, given that um there is such a dearth of uh, black type around Australia on Saturday. Normally, uh, we just take you through the uh, black type races. Um, but uh, 
we want more than uh, what Derek Smalls called the cosy 10 minutes. So um, we might do the uh, those two features that, uh, that Carl and I mentioned earlier. Uh, so we will start at Flemington with, uh, we'll just do races five and six and then get to our specials. Uh, race five is the Bailey Handicap. Uh, it is for two-year-olds over 1,800 metres. As I've noted in the paper this week, uh, the only uh, race restricted to two-year-olds on the calendar that is longer than 1,600 metres. Uh, certainly this season, there are occasionally other ones, but uh, not this season. Uh, a couple of two-year-olds have run beyond a mile. Uh, this season, but uh, against older horses in maiden and class ones. But, so anyway, it's uh, 1,800 metres uh, before I start uh, yakking on too much. And uh, as you mentioned, Carl, there's a lot of um, – well, they're, they're very lightly raced, bar one of the likely favourites in Sun Source. So, uh, Joel, what did you make of the Biley this year? Yeah, it's. Uh, I think as Carl was sort of touching on, it's a. There's sort of a bit of intrigue there, but you're sort of not really. I don't think it's a race you can really step into anything with a, a stack of confidence. Even those that we've seen sort of, I guess you know, get the job done. A couple up the top that have won races. You know, you you just wouldn't put it beyond any of these horses that are coming off one run, or even the newcomers just bobbing up and and getting in there and. For that reason, I've, well, I'll come up with something that's pretty rough. Um, only had the one start, and that's number nine, Sam Bookus by Fiorenti. He went round unwanted at Moe on debut, and it's hard to get a little bit of a, a line on because that was a pretty heavy track. But I thought he found the line pretty well. He was sort of back just off midfield, and, and I thought he worked to the line well enough there over the 1,200, which was clearly too short for him. In a race that had a little bit of depth to it, the winner was heavily backed and won quite well. So I thought off a, you know, five-length defeat there, stepping up in distance, which is clearly bred to handle. Um, I could have a dollar or two on him, sort of more of an interest. Three Sun Source I've got in for second. He disappointed me a little bit last time out. I thought when uh, Stepati came out, it sort of really sort of fell into his lap that race, but he sort of was out the back and didn't... um, so didn't apply himself all that well. So hopefully he can um, show his best on Saturday. And I'm sure he'll be a leading chance. One Dolphin Skin who won that race, I've got in for third and in for fourth. I've thrown in the Sydney visitor, Line of Fire from the Bjorn Baker stable. Just, he's going to go forward. Uh, he won up Mudgy last time out over the 1500. But sometimes you can sort of see that Mudgy, Nowra, Bathurst sort of form and just be quick to dismiss it. But Bjorn Baker is probably one of the better um exponents of you know taking horses to those tracks and then bringing them to town and, and having them measure up so i think yes you can be quick to dismiss that form sometimes but um certainly not with a stable like his uh, nine on top for me though from three one and four i'm with six on top thin red line this is a first starter uh highland real uh, gelding um, he's had six jump outs this year. He had three in his first preparation that terminated in late February. He's then had three ahead of um, his debut here over the 1800. And I think he's, he's been really working nicely. It, it's, it's hard to, obviously, you don't know how they're going to find under race day pressure, but he doesn't look a completely dour uh, plotter by any means. He has a, a good change up speed we saw in his um, jump out two starts go. And he, he worked to the line nicely without being asked um, uh, over a thousand meters at Packham Synthetic on uh, July four. So, just going to spec him at about twenty to one. But I think, as Joel outlined, it's not the sort of race that you can go chips in on. It's more just trying to find something uh, that appeals at odds. 
Sun saws him for second. Yeah, his application was seemingly lacking there last time. He, he loomed up to win, but he just didn't go on with it. The third number one, Dolphin Skin, the horse that did beat him. And line them up, Louis had every chance up on the pace to beat Dolphin Skin, uh, but just faded into second. Uh, and and I'd suppose then line of fire does get an honourable mention. Um, always don't know how that New South Wales form is going to measure up, but I've gone six, three, one and two. Uh, yeah, I just went with the form from that listed Gibson Carmichael, a.k.a. Taj Rossi Series final. Uh, and, in fact, I just went for them in the same order they finished. Dolphin Skin, line them up, Louis Sunsource. Dolphin Skin does have to uh, give line them up, Louis, I think, a kilo and a half uh, from that. Um, but thought could win again, but I've got about as much confidence as Joel. And for fourth, I chucked in number five, Be Still the Earth, who debuted over 1,600 against older horses and caught the eye flying home from the back. Race six at Flemington on Saturday is the Dean Lester Flemington Cup, previously known as the Flemington Cup 1849, as an even older race than the Melbourne Cup. Uh, beats the Melbourne Cup by 12 years, but uh, I think this the original 1849 Flemington Cup was just a one-off and was just... Uh, uh, the bloke who owned the Flemington Hotel just ran it around the paddocks around the pub there, and uh, it uh, wasn't even actually on the on the site of the current Flemington Racecourse. But anyway, good to see Dean, our uh, our late good friend Dean, recognised here with the Dean Lester Flemington Cup. This is just a twenty eight hundred metre handicap, worth one hundred and seventy five thousand. Uh, what do you like, John? You know, I was like one of many that have, have fallen into uh, mostly cloudy here from the Buster and Young stable. Very short, $2.50. Um, I, yeah, probably a bit short for me to really back, to be honest. But I think he's ready to win and coming off of that pretty good run in Sydney uh, where he got back and sort of weaved through late and he was finishing very strongly. Uh, and that was a pretty decent benchmark 78 race too. A couple of uh, imports there from the Nisham Yard Naval College and Faulkner Park finishing in front of him. They've been in good form the last few weeks and they're both progressive stayers. So I think the form will be okay. Carried 61 there. So drops to 54, extra distance a plus. Yeah, a bit short, but I think he'll win. Mimi's award goes well at Flemington, coming off a, a strong win in the Banjo Patterson. Always a chance. Six Le Bol, talking of strong wins, that was uh, absolutely dominant in his maiden hurdle win at the ball. Prior to that, his flat form was pretty good. So Certainly think he's in the mix. And number one Irish sequel. He's got the 60 kilos to carry, but he should be just about ready now. He's had the three runs back from a 12-month spell, and he's just progressed you know, nicely with each run, uh, getting within three and a half of the winner in the Caloundra Cup last time out. F uh, eight on top from three, six, and one. Six on top for me. Labau, um has been racing well on the flat, ran ninth in the chairman's off a bit of a tough run. Then fourth in the Warnable Cup behind Rolls, got back in the field and, and ran on nicely. Two starts go, then had a tough run over the 2,500 when was beaten by Port Giam last time, easily won a maiden hurdle. Uh, I suppose these Kieran Ma, David Eustace runners in middle distance races and staying races always have to be respected. I just think represents the, the better value uh, compared to the favourite mostly cloudy. And there's many in this race. I, I think there's a long tail to it. And I, I think LeBow will have no problem staying the trip and uh, from barrier four should get a favourable run just in the midfield uh, division. So got him on top ahead of the good fight who won this race two years ago. Any given the ground will suit. For third, number eight, mostly cloudy. Uh, well, well picked up the prices. I can't have him that short. And then for fourth, number one, Irish sequel, the top weight. Six, seven, eight and one.
I am with Mostly Cloudy to beat the good fight, Mimi's Award and Irish sequel, 8, 7, 3 and 1. My best at Flemington Race 4, number 4, Legio 10, third in the Creswick uh, last start. He finished behind course for concern but meets that horse uh, two and a half kilos better and uh, draws inside. Uh, while cause for concern draws out and the 1400 should suit Legio 10. And my value bet is the very consistent prowling race seven, number 12. Um, been going well since the first up win and uh, not winning is, uh, by, by not winning is uh, creeping down in the weight. So uh, race seven, number 12, prowling. Joel, your specials for Flemington. Yeah, well, it's a, a day I couldn't really um, sort of get overly excited about, but I've got, made mostly cloudy my best. I'll probably be waiting and see if we can get a better price on the day. I do think it'll be winning, though, and I made my value bet race two, number eight, Crown Crusher. Seems to be forever running on this guy. He's been sort of kept to the kept to 1,400 maximum in his recent starts. I think just because he's still learning, even when he sort of you know gets to the outside and looks like he's going to really let down, he wants to wander about and lay in. So... There's a bit to work with. He's finding the line like he wants further. Sometimes they can do that and not actually get the further, um, get the longer trip. But down to 52 and a half after the claim for Wurumu Pin and I think gets to a trip that he's looking for. So at double figures, I'll be on him each way, crown crusher. Best bet for me is race six, number six, Labau. And my value bet is race eight, number six, Cherry Tortone, who has finished behind Normandy Bridge in his past two starts. He meets Normandy Bridge two and a half kilos better at the weights. Both those defeats, he drew alongside Normandy Bridge, stalked him into the race and wasn't able to get past. And And last time, I, I just felt that um, Ben Mellum, quite reasonably in a, in a strongly run race, was travelling better than Normandy Bridge coming to the home turn. Uh, left his back, tried to run past, but just ultimately got outstayed. I think Cherry Tortone, uh, the way this race might set up, might allow him to to zap them uh, for a turn of foot rather than it, it turning into a real dour slugfest as it did on that deteriorating soft seven track at Caulfield. And he does draw to maybe settle further forward ahead of Normandy Bridge. I think the only other uh, key runner apart from Normandy Bridge is Milford, who gets a four kilo swing on Normandy Bridge, and of course, uh, that pairing would just split in a photo finish last time. But uh, really good race that eighth race. Okie dokie, Randwick is the venue for Sydney racing. It's pretty much benchmark fair throughout the day. And uh, when they do that, when they put on those sort of meetings, they do get uh, a good response. And uh, there are indeed fairly big fields through the day. Joel, uh, what have you found for us at Royal Randwick? Yeah, I've made my best in the highway, which is usually fraught with danger. Um, and I'm a bit surprised at the price. I thought she would have been a lot more found uh, than about the $7.50 we can currently get. And that's for Malady again, race three, number 13. There's a bit of depth for this highway. It certainly should be a decent form race moving forward. Some lightly raced ones, um, building good records. But this really looks pretty good. She um, split her... Scone wins. It starts one and three with a huge effort at Dubbo where she just got way too far back, tailed off and then flew home for second. So probably should have been unbeaten three from three and then went to Hawkesbury, uh, struck a heavy nine. She was in a stakes race um, 
forget what it was, but it was during that autumn carnival and they elected to go to Hawkesbury instead and then struck the heavy nine and just didn't handle it at all. So she's back first up off a very good trial win. Uh, Mitchell Bell to town to ride her. I think if she gets the brakes and the straight from the inside draw, she'll be very hard to hold out. My value bet comes up in the last race 10, number three, Tristate. Now, look, the betting suggests to, sort of you know, two horse race between Omni Man and Passagiata. They Quinella to race on the Kenzo track last time out. I think Tristate can just stalk them. He's got good speed himself, can lead over you know, 11, 1200. He won't lead these two, but I think from gate four, he can be in sort of that second, third pair and just be stalking them off his early form last prep where he was placed twice in benchmark 88 grade behind the likes of Shades of Rose, Mao Tai, Remark. He's right in the game here and in 15 to one, I think uh, is overs for him. And the other couple that I could recommend a bit of a bet on race one, number three, Mad Deal. I think he's a, a promising son of Dundeal that can measure up off his Kembla Maiden win. And race nine, number 10, Royal Robins. Uh, this import's had two runs. Improvement was noted second up, even though he was in the worst ground. He's trialled well in blinkers since, and they go on here third up. I think he's ready to produce his best this time in at, uh, at double figures. Best bet for me is Tintucky, race five, number nine. This horse I've picked twice this campaign. Both times has got back from wide barriers over 1,100 metres and hit the line strongly in defeat now rises to 1,200 metres and draws more favourably in barrier four, so hopefully won't get as far back. And I just think is an overdue winner this campaign. The value bet comes up in the last race, and it's similar logic to Joel. I've just landed on a different horse. I've gone race 10, number four, Troach. I do acknowledge that Omni-Man and Passagiata, they are the main two. They will fly along in the lead, and I'm just looking for something that will sit off them and pounce late. I have put Tristate in for fourth, um, and Omni Man and Passage Other in for second and third, respectively. I was just tossing up between which would be the, the better selection. Uh, Troach is a stakes winner over 1200 metres, has been trolling up well, is a previous first up winner. I just hope can somehow settle within striking distance from that wide gate, get over, and I think she'll be strong late. I, I really do feel Passage Other and Omni Man will cut each other and uh, set it up for something to be finishing over, over the top. So maybe have something on Joel's selection and my one as well in that last race. All righty, racing on the parks track at Morfordville in Adelaide on Saturday. And as I mentioned earlier, there is a stakes race for the two-year-olds. It is race three, the Oakland's Plate, 1,400 metres. Set weights and penalties. There was a Peter Moody trained first starter in the acceptances. Bang it, but uh, that has come out leaving only six, and you would think that uh, the Chris Big train local filly, Dubonenko, uh, who sort of uh, won the main lead-up at uh, Murray Bridge a fortnight ago, uh, would start reasonably short here. But I suppose there are some other um, last-start winners. Carl, how did you see this one? Interesting, yeah. Peter was uh, Peter Moody was leaning to running Fangit in Adelaide, but maybe the forecast of rain on the day might have just uh, put him off there. Uh, Coco Sun on top for me. This is a uh, number seven, the daughter of the Autumn Sun, who uh, I like the way she was uh, working ahead of her uh, debut victory at Geelong on the heavy track. Uh, was strong through the line. Will have no problem handling the other distance here, and and might emerge into a 1,000 guineas uh, filly next season. Draws barrier three, should get a lovely run. I've got her on top ahead of Debedenko, who uh, did 
what you wanted to see uh, first up at Murray Bridge as a short price favourite. Uh, for third, I've put in Proven Correct, the horse that she did beat. And for fourth, I will now promote in Deadly Press, the uh, one of several horses from Nick Ryan's stable who is crossing the border on Saturday. I've gone seven, six, two and one. And uh, your specials at uh, Morfordville Parks? Race seven, number 10, McCain is my best bet. On the quick turnaround, got a long way back as he tends to do and hit the line hard out wide for third at Gawler, albeit beaten a fair way. Um, he does get a long way back in his races, but uh, you know, hopefully from barrier two, won't get as far back. And I think a slightly drier surface compared to what he experienced at Gawler last Saturday will be in his favour. He really is bursting to win at this level. And for my value bet, surprised about the price about this one, race nine, number 16, closed vault. It is an emergency. It's second emergency. So he uh, is sweating on a run. But uh, this four-year-old Gelding did end his first racing campaign by winning at Balaclava, leading throughout in quick overall time. Uh, Jake Toroke, who's in the midst of a premiership battle, uh, riding for richer than Chantel Jolly. Uh, I did note also on debut, this horse was heavily backed and, and did race greenly on that occasion uh, when finishing midfield. So it wouldn't surprise me if there's a bit of market confidence uh, with closed vault closer to the jump time if he gets into the race. All righty. Uh, Joel, any thoughts on multiple parts? Uh, one play for me there, Bucks. Race seven, number four, upgrade me each way. Uh, didn't have much luck down the straight last time out. Was sort of on their heels and unable to be fully tested when finishing fifth. He was a month between runs there, third up. So he should be fitter. Uh, they put the blinkers back on him. So... I think he uh, shouldn't have any excuses. And at about $12, he's worth a look each way. All righty. Uh, back to Eagle Farm on a Saturday for the first time since Tats Tiara Day. Carl, how, how's it looking up there? And what have you found for us? Race eight, number two, Kinlock's my best. It's, uh, I think we're working off a soft track or a soft five, good four. It's probably borderline, I think, at the moment. And uh, I think Kinlock looks hard to beat. Would... Uh, would certainly appreciate a heavy surface, but uh, the first up run on a good track was was decent, sat three wide the trip and stayed on quite well for third behind Lasting Kiss. This horse, of course, won the Provincial and Midway Championship final a couple uh, last year, I should say, in a heavy 10 track. Generally uh, runs well second up. Uh, might be wanting just a touch further than the 1,200, but I'm just banking in his class to get the job done here in a race where they should run along in the lead. Outback action, uh, Amigo and uh, Enterprise Pom uh, uh, certainly can go forward. So, uh, and might set it up for something from the back. So Kentlock is my best and my value is race nine, number 15, Sunset Seree. Uh, this horse is resuming from a spell. I think we'll uh, handle Eagle Farm. The, 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 the big open spaces tends to get back and run on. Uh, both wins have come in in sprint races where the leaders have charged along up front and set it up for something from the back. And in this big field, high pressure, it, it just might play in her favour. So I think she's about eight or nine dollars, and I'm willing to entertain her on an each way basis on a, a reasonably tough day to find something at long odds. Did you like anything at the farm, Joel? Yeah, surprisingly enough, I did like a, a few there this week. Uh, I've got three that uh, I could recommend having a look at. Race three, number six, Just a Jedi down from Sydney. 
was knocking on the door ready to win. He ran fifth behind man, behind the money, then second at Warwick Farm, and then got to the 2400 in that race we spoke about earlier with Faulkner Park and Naval College, and maybe just settled a bit close and didn't finish off. I like him coming from Sydney, dropping in weight, and yeah, I think he just brings superior form lines, and 750, I think, is a good enough price for him. Uh, race eight, I thought. Kinlock would be very hard to beat. I also like number five, Fast Coney. I thought he did enough. His first start for the new stable, Nat McCall, formerly with Chris Waller. He's not a thousand metre horse and he was working to the line quite well, only beaten three and a half lengths. So I think you can ignore that he's got a duck egg next to his name. And he did win twice over the 1200 last time in uh, with uh, Jimmy Orman aboard. He goes on here second up. So I think uh, the market's missed him at double figures. And in the last, uh, I did like one that has already been specced from 40s into 13s. Number 18, Iron Grace. Uh, two runs back from a spell have both been eye-catching. Step up in 1,200 is suitable. Was more, more often than not settled back in her races, but she did lead when she won her maiden over 13.50. So I suspect now that third up to 1,200 from a good gate, they'll try and put her a bit closer, and I think that'll see her be quite competitive. All righty. Across the Nullarbor on <clears throat> Saturday, they are again racing at Belmont. And in fact, uh, there is a listed race. That's the it's kind of grand final for the three-year-old winter stayers over there. They uh, The Phillies met in the Belmont Oaks two weeks back and the males in the Aquanita Stakes. And now they all come together for race eight, the Montague Partners Belmont Classic. 2,200 metres in our Perth man, Greg Hooper, is with the Colts here. Uh, the same one, too, as the Aquanita. Uh, upper limits to defeat Demolish. And then the Belmont Oaks winner, it's closing in. Covert Rose for fourth from another form line. That's 2, 1, 5 and 8. Hoops is best. He's got on the bookends for his specials. His best race, 1, number 2, Goddess of Giving. And his value bet race, 9, number 12, Sunny Honey. Earlier in the day, across the Tasman, Joel, they are racing at Ruakaka and Trentham. Yeah, Ruakaka have got a, like a winter finals day. Disappointing some of the size of the fields. I'm sure they would have hoped for a bigger fields with some decent money uh, for grabs for these finals. But nevertheless, uh, my best comes up in the three-year-old final. Race seven, number one, tough test, Harry, from the Roger James and Robert Wellwood stable. Three runs today. It was a winner on debut, uh, has twice finished runner-up. Since then, it had a bit of a break between runs last time out. Tried to lead all the way and, and you know, the best ground was out in the middle and never easy to do that to sort of lead and come out six, seven horses away from the fence and he beat all but one. So he'll be fitter for that and I think the step up and distance will suit. And my value bet is Tumeki Potai, who's currently in two races, no jockey race three. So I suspect we'll be going around in the final event. Race eight, number 11. No star, but quite honest and usually races well here at Ruakaka. Two runs back have been good. Uh, was placed first up and then just got a little bit too far back and found a bit of traffic second up. Uh, she always seems to go around each way odd. So I think uh, worth another look in the last there at Ruakaka and at Trentham. Uh, they've got a big jumps meeting. Uh, a couple of maiden hurdles and steeples and the Wellington hurdle and steeple to highlight the program. My best are on the flat and they're at the end of the program. Race nine, number three, she's mischievous as my best. Two runs back, haven't been too bad. Uh, has been wide and forced to do a lot of work in the run. She drops to a rating 65. That's the easiest race she's been in for a while. And after the claim, she gets in with 56. I think she's pretty well placed. And my value bet is race 10, number eight, wheel it in. Was good for us two starts back. 
uh, was last at the 300, really dashed at them and won well. Last time out uh, was a bit costly. They put him, put her on speed and she just faded the last little bit run uh, to run fourth. I think the drop back to 1400 is a positive. Hopefully they ride her patient again and she can finish over the top. All righty, that wraps up the preview section of the podcast. Brings us to our best $20 bet of the weekend, Lazy Lobsters. Well, back in profit last week, uh, and my selection was exceptionally good, uh, our red morning, because uh, not only did she win very easily, despite uh, hanging out all the way up the straight, um, but she was, in fact, the only winner I tipped for the day. So uh, that was a good selection for the Lazy Lobsters. And, Carl, also, you uh, got kin there, got kin home. That was half your bet. Anyway, in profit, that's the main thing. And uh, let's see if we can uh, roll on this week. I'll take a similar um, similar philosophy and, indeed, a similar philosophy to what I always do. And I'm going to go Flemington race four, number four, Legio 10. Joel. Yeah, I'll go Ranwick uh, in the highway. Race three, number 13, Melody again. Yeah, no big confidence from me this weekend, but race six, number six at Flemington, 20, the win on Labau. All righty. Uh, well, that leaves us only to remind you to pick up your winning post. If you haven't already, it is uh, online as we speak to you in the shops first thing Friday morning, all the form for Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, some good racing on Sunday, Naranda Cup Day uh, with a big dance qualification up for grabs. And uh, also there's the all jumps card at Pakenham featuring the Drexler Hurdle and the Moss Trooper Steeplechase. Plus, we've got uh, all your favourite features and plenty of good reading. Besides, do not forget that your calendar is only two weeks away. So that is the edition of Saturday, July 29 in shops. Saturday, July 28. Make your plans to get to the newsagent bright and early so you do not miss your copy of this year's calendar. Uh, meanwhile... Have a great weekend, everybody. Back plenty of winners. We'll talk to you next week on the Preview Podcast.